Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our scenario is entitled Homecoming. It was written by Thomas McKeon, who is also our game master, and for tonight, he's going to be giving the recap. That's a lot of hats to wear. This is episode seven. And so, without further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Thomas? Thanks, Tom. Though not much action happened last episode, quite a lot of information was handed over to the players. Last episode started out with Hawk alone in the suite who was visited by Bethany. Earlier that night, Bethany forced the players out of the Tucker home after Hawk began questioning her about her family. Bethany takes this opportunity to, with Hawk to inform him of the reason she reacted the way she did. According to her, she and her siblings were abused by their father until they fled the family estate. After that brief interaction, however, she leaves, leaving Hawk alone in the suite. On the other end of town, the others find themselves meeting an investigative journalist named Greta Strutton. She informs the players that she followed them from the Tucker home, thinking they may be involved in the state investigation into City Hall. Greta tells the players everything she can about what's been going on and what she believes is going on. Apparently, City Hall, and every appendage of it, has been corrupted under the leadership of Mayor Jimmy Walker. Walker's imprisoned opponents used the police as a personal brute squad and even, supposedly, ordered the murder of those wishing to testify against him. Governor Roosevelt, in a response to such claims, ordered the creation of the Seabury Commission under leadership of one Judge Seabury. The Seabury Commission is tasked with rooting out any corruption it can find and, if necessary, remove Walker from office. State investigators have apparently been digging into City Hall and the conjoined municipality building, with one telling Greta that there's been an unnamed mole inside the city planner's office feeding them information. Greta believes that Timothy was, in fact, that mole, and that the reason for his disappearance is connected to the corruption at City Hall. She provides that the group with a means to get inside the municipality building and in conjunction, the city planner's office. She also teases the players with more information she's keeping from them, holding it hostage until A, she knows they're on the level, and B, they provide her with information they gather from the city planner's office as they refuse to talk to her. She provides them with a card telling them to call her when they know more to schedule some kind of meeting. The players then can reconvene at the hotel after Hawk has a strange paranormal experience in the suite. They there decide to split off into groups the next morning, which is where we begin tonight's session. I am sorry for the quick recap, but we have a lot to cover this episode. Okay, we're gonna start with Tom. Tom, you wanted, I have my little list here. Hawk. <laughs> yes, Hawk, you wanted, to go to the bank for information and then Finley um, to get the uh, the police report. Right. What is your goal at the bank? What are you? What well, are you we left for? we left the bank uh, last time with uh, trying to find out if this um, uh, what was his name um, uh, W Darby had cashed the check and where he might be located. Okay, um, to quickly answer that, because um, it, 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 going through it would be a lot of minutia that it would be unnecessary. Okay. Um, 
the bank is still looking uh, is still looking into it. They said they'd call you when they have more information. All right. Um, so you also wanted to go talk to Finley. Well, to get the uh, the the police report if yes. he's got it. Okay. Um, okay. So mm, Marcus is probably at the Tucker home. Um, do you want to meet him elsewhere, maybe at the hotel or something like that, or you just want to go straight there? Well, I, I assume that once he's got it, because I've asked him for it, he'll call me or he'll tell me. Okay. Got it. Um, but, uh, let's say that I do in fact go over to the Tucker home, uh, looking for him, make sure he's got it or is going to give it to me. And, uh, maybe this time is kind of a peace offering. I'll bring a, a little pink box of, uh, I don't know, pastries of some sort. Okay. From, from Maestro's pastries. Oh, Maestro's has a, has a, uh, as a pastry it's, franchise now. It's, it's completely different Maestro's. Oh, is it spelled differently? Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. Spelled there, the same? There's some copyright issues there, but you know, they don't care back then. Oh, okay. Um, all right, so you head to the house with your peace offering. Um, beautiful day, I should say to everyone. Um, it's a very, very pretty day. Um, warm spring, you know, New York is just coming out of winter. Um, so you pull up to the house. Um, is this the eighth? This is the eighth. Okay. Um, right? All right, so you pulled up. The cab has let you out. What would you like to do? Uh, I'm going to walk up to the front door. I, I look around. Uh, kids out playing. Um, what day is it? It's. Uh, let's find out. I don't have my my calendar in front of me just this moment. Let's see. Let me pull it up. It is Wednesday. Okay. So, so it's, I'd say it's around noon. The bank didn't take that long. Okay. Because um, they just literally just spouted out what I told you was, we're looking into it. We'll call you if something else happens. Um, right. So. Uh, they so went to the pastry shop and there were yeah. ladies in line. and. Yeah. Um, so there's no kids out. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's rather quiet in the neighborhood right now. All right. People are at work. Um, all right. So, what would you like? To, uh, give me a spot hidden. Okay. Oh, let's see. Spot hidden, a 70. I got an 81, so I don't see anything. Do you want to push it? All right, I'll push it. Am I going to go blind? Yes. Am I going to get a pencil in the eye? What you don't see is the incoming cup of acid being flung at your face. I'm going to be honest, so... Okay. I'm going to roll these dice and so help me, I hope it's not a 90 or something. Okay. <laughs> Makes me very nervous thinking about that. A 27, so past it. It's uh, better than half. I want to ask Tom the player a question. Have you noticed me asking you to give me spot headings? Not particularly. I mean, other than the regular gameplay. Okay. Have you noticed that I've been asking you to give me spot hiddens and I tell you nothing? 
Um, so, so you're building up for something. You, Hawk turns, you're, you're looking around, and what you see off in the distance, it's down, because in, in these queen suburbs, it's just like literal blocks. Right. So you can literally see just all the way down this street. Right. Way off in the distance, there is a small figure. It's a blip. It's blurred. It's that, that's how far out it is. It's just a small little blip on the horizon. Right, on the, right in the center of the street. Damn it, David. There's a damn barking dog next door, too. Okay, I see this little blip on the horizon. It looks vaguely human-shaped. It's like the silhouette of a man or a woman really, 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 really far off in the distance. Okay. It's not stationary. I wouldn't find that unusual. There's people. Well, it's standing in the middle of the street. Completely motionless. It's not moving forward. It's not going farther away. It's just, it's, it's so. Well, by estimate, how far away? I'd say at least 10 blocks. Like so I guess if I, I, if I see it, I notice it, but I don't think about it. Some okay. crazy, some dirty Jay is uh, standing in the middle of the street. And, and so you think that, and you said you were looking around the street, right? So yeah, you're, I mean, I'm looking, you know, just, I've, I've got an eye, uh, 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 so I keep an eye out for things going on. You look south, you see it, you turn and look north, it's, it's up north too, same place. Directly, it is, it, it, it's, it's pretty much center of the eye line. And I see it in both directions. You see it in both directions. Now, the Tucker house is in front of you, and, the, and there's a house, you know, behind you. But, yeah. Well, you that, that, that's, that's weird. So, I'm going to step back down to the curb. Okay. And uh, I make sure there's no trees or cars in my way. Mm-hmm. And, and see if I, you know, squint my eyes, see if I can see more clearly what this thing is or what this person is doing. And I'll, I'll keep checking to see if it's in, still in both directions. Yeah. You look, it's in both directions. You kind of squint. Um, and it kind of makes out a human shape. Uh-huh. But it's still, like, it's so blurred and so far off. Anyway. Hmm. Well, I'll keep that in mind, but now I'm going to head up to the house. Okay. That's all I wanted to make you aware of. All right. Um, all right, so you make your way up to the house. Uh, you knock on the door. Uh, and who should open it but Finley himself, you know, rolled up sleeves, Still wearing the, the, the mustard, you know, colored pants. And he goes, Hawk, wasn't expecting you here. I was gonna, just about to call you. Mr. Finley, uh, just thought that I'd drop by. Uh, uh, are the ladies home? Uh, oh, no, they're out going to see a, a movie. Uh, you know, uh, uh, The Public Enemy just came out, so. There's, oh, it's noon, okay. Um, 
Well, uh, I hold up the little uh, pink box of uh, pastries and uh, I say, well, then maybe we can have some of these. May I come in? Oh, yeah, of course. Not my house. And he kind of pushes open the door and allows you to step inside. You can see now he's like in his, as he pushes open the door, he's got a cigarette in his right hand. He's been smoking in the house now that they're gone. Hmm. Um, I ignore that, but I see. So, Mr. Finley, do you have any information for me on the the murder the other night? The oh, suicide I, murder. Well, I, uh, I sure do. And he uh, walks into the dining room, and you can see um, and, what you, and what you can see is, is a set of loose papers. Um, okay. And he says, I went to go uh, talk to uh, Detective Bryant. He's the guy that was uh, on the case. Uh, he wouldn't really tell me much, but uh, I got these. And he holds up the loose papers. And you can see that they're police reports. Um, and, he, and he says, uh, you know, I don't Detective, think. Was it Detective Bryant or Bryant? Bryant with a T at the end. Uh, okay. He says, so uh, I'm going to oh. rush over to see you. Well, I sit down, you know, at the, the table and I say, well, let's see what we've got here. Um, and, and, uh, and Marcus, he kind of stands behind you and he crosses his arms and says, well, you know, may not be what you're looking for. Um, you have law enforcement. Um, so give me a law roll. Oh, I got a 10. A 10 okay. out of 45, so a better than half. Um, almost a, almost a, an extreme. First thing that you notice is that there isn't an autopsy report, but this is New York City, you know, and they've only got one chief medical examiner. Right, and there's probably bodies all the time. So Yeah, so, um, so they're probably, you know, they probably haven't done it. They're probably just prioritizing it, but I'm just letting you know you don't see a, uh, a, uh, an autopsy. And in, in fact, in the cause of death, it says suicide uh, speculated. Um, and as you're going through it, um, you can see Brian's notes on the scene. Uh, the detective, he speculates that Arthur probably first had a drink um, in the kitchen before breaking the light bulbs with his bare hands, which are indicated by the cuts on the inside of Arthur's palms. Um, he then removed the ice pick from uh, the, the freezer, went into the bathroom, and hammered his eyes out, and then his dying action was writing her on the mirror. Uh, Bryant is pretty comfortable in writing several times that Arthur is mentally shaken um, because this room was in complete disarray and, you know, no sane person would jab their eyes out with a ice pick. Um, it's also indicated that he was unstable because uh, of the drawings that were found in the waste bin of that figure, um, which Bryant believes is, you know, drawings of hallucinations. Uh, but he doesn't see any show of a struggle between two individuals. It just seems like the stumblings of a drunk man who was also mentally shaken and then stabbed his own eyes out. 
Um, the document also reveals that um, the, uh, the, the strips of towel underneath the bed, Bryant believes that what was on it was earwax. Um, he, it also says there was no forced entry. There weren't any signs of a struggle, you know, getting in. So that's really all. All right. Um, now, this might be between me and the GM at this point, but okay. I am I incorrect in remembering that all of the towels and things had been shredded and yes. were all under the bed. That is, that is correct. Um, well, okay. Now see what, okay. Now for, for, for Hawk, he's thinking, I'm thinking why all of those things, if he's trying to plug his ears, what did he just keep getting it wrong? Uh, I mean, why is there all, all this is literally a pile of towels under his bed and earwax all over them. Where did he get all that? I mean, how much earwax does the human ear have? Not that it wasn't, much. It wasn't so much, but like, because if there's earwax on him, what I'm going to say is, is or tell you, is uh, Hawk and Tom, he had to be jamming those things in there. Yeah, but after one or two pieces, he would have pretty much cleared out his earwax. Yeah. The, way, well, the way it sounded when you told Jeff was it was like this goo covered. all over everything. No. Um, it's a mixture of earwax. Um, and because you're, sh you're constantly shoving something rough in there, it grates on the ear canal, which creates a pus. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's not fun. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so he was... I have earwax problems myself. Um, so, so as I go... As I go back through all of the documents, is there anything else that stands out? No. Just that Brian is, from what he's writing, he's fairly confident that this was a suicide. But that they'll know more when the autopsy occurs. What I can't understand also, and I, now I'm speaking to Fenley, what doesn't make any sense is... The ice pick itself was badly damaged, badly bent. And ice picks are pretty damn tough. I mean, you're using them like this to break chunks of ice off. Um, the, the bone that's in the back of your eye is one of the thinnest in the, in the body. It's like a playing card thickness. Your, your ice pick would just go right through it without any trouble at all. Um, I wonder if he could have been stabbed or, or wounded in some other way. It would make a very small puncture wound. Um, I feel almost like I need, to, I need to take a look at that body or at least get to the morgue and see if, the, if I can get the, the, the morgue guy, the mortician. Is he a mortician? No. Uh, chief medical examiner. Medical examiner. Um, see what he finds out, at least put in the word that I, I need that information. This all seems like I'm, I'm barking up a, a, a dead tree. Oh. So, um, well, Finley, thank you very much. I'm, I'm hoping now to find out from the bank 
uh, some more information, but uh, um, you know, those, those, the pastries are for the ladies, but uh, you know, if you want one or two or just whatever, I think I'm going to leave. That's, that's fine. Uh, let, let me go. And he collects the papers and he says, don't want Ryan uh, noticing he's missing these. Oh no. Can I? Oh, oh, so you, you actually and, and 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 he kind of smiles at him and says, "Whatever it uh, takes to get it done." Well, my guess is that if it's a suicide, he's got so many other things on his plate that he's just going to toss those aside. Um. Anyway, he probably won't notice. I wow. will. Uh, I'll see you later, Finley. And, uh, and as you're walking away, um, Finley goes and. Uh, Sorry about, uh, you know, Bethany that night, you know, and, uh, not a problem. I've already talked to her. Oh, you did? Well, I mean, I would have done the same thing as, as you, as you personally, but, uh, you know, she just hates people like us, you know? And I, I just, I continued to the door. And... Right. So. Leave work. All right. Now, as I leave, do I see the, the figure still out there? Yes. Hmm. I'm going to hop in my car and drive in one of those directions. <laughs> sure. You get in a cab and you drive, but uh, it's always that far away. It never gets closer and it never gets farther. It's, it's got to be some sort of weird optical illusion. Yeah. So like, it's, it's, it's like, you know, a floater. It's it's, yeah. it's it's like that, but it's stationary. It's not moving with your eye. It's just, it, it, it's it's weird to ex describe other than it is like a stationary floater. Like a mirage. Kind of, yes. It's there, but you can't get any closer to it. Mm -hmm. All right, so I'm going to head back to the hotel. All right. We are now going to jump to Fowler and Epstein. So, um, Felix, uh, Fowler has his own apartment. So you guys were going to meet at the municipality building. Um, Felix, what you find is it's a grand building, by the way, it's, it's 40, 45 stories tall, um, enormous, gorgeous architecture. Uh, however, at the street level at Cen uh, central street, um, the, Entrances are basically surrounded by police in riot gear. In 1930 riot gear, it looks like medieval armor. It's just like slabs of steel and a helmet. Ned Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and why they're wearing riot gear is because uh, on Central Street, basically surrounding the entrance, is a very large group of people um, who are protesting and they're shouting and they're calling uh, the cops pigs and they're shouting stuff like uh, it should be you that's lynched, you know, all they're, they're shouting some really fucked up stuff to these cops. They're trying to get them to attack them so that they're a fight can be, some of them are holding like bricks and just like doing this. The ones in the front are like, are like swinging bricks out at them. They're like, 15 feet away, but they're, they're, they're trying to provoke some kind of action. Is, is anyone holding any banners? Is it, is it possible to see what, what the protest is? Oh, 
Oh yeah, it's you know, and there's and and as you kind of as the cab uh, drives away, you're and you're looking at the ground, you can see that there are flyers like white paper, black text that says "Down with Walker," and uh, it's basically just uh, it's a mixture of two probably two or three different protests. One of them is um, is basically voter equality. Um, the other one is uh, an anti-establishment kind of thing. And then the other one is just like an overall, like, fuck Mayor Walker. Like, he's, he's fucking us dry. He's basically raping the city. Um, Seemed like a decent enough bunch of chaps. However, now, so you're seeing this, uh, as you're kind of looking around, uh, Fowler is late. Fowler uh, is not there. Do you want to wait for him? Um, well, I mean, how late is he? Am I, am I on time or am I early? I'd say that you're on time. He's not there, though. He was supposed well, to I'll, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a couple of minutes, but no, no longer than that. I don't, I don't really like standing out here with uh, bricks flying around all over the place. Um, so you wait and you wait. It takes him about 10 minutes before you see his car kind of like coming down the road. Oh, what's he doing driving down there? Um, who, and, who drives into a riot? And, and you see Fowler, you know, park off to the side just before the building and he gets out um, and, and he kind of rushes towards you. Sorry, sorry I'm late, Felix. I had to do a quick errand before I had to get here. In a, in a riot I'm standing while I'm <laughs> waiting for you. It's a riot. Like I said, I'm sorry. It was Come on, let's, let's just, important. Let's, yeah, let's, let's just get in there. Yeah, let's get in there. All right. Okay, um, so up, up we go to the uh, the police around the uh, the door. All right. So you start trying to make your way towards the door. I'm trying to like push your way through. Um, there's no barricade. Um, you know, this is it's just, it's a pro it, it's a it's a protest without a barricade. They they know that they if they get too close, you know, police will, will push them back. So they're just kind of holding the perimeter. Um, so you can push past them, and as you approach, um, two things happen. The first of which is the cops. They don't. You can you can see you you see them kind of straighten up and they and they and they you know they raise their billy club as if they're going to approach and strike you. But when they see that you're just like walking towards the door, they kind of just begin lowering their stuff and they're like glaring at you. So that's the first thing. The second thing is is as you break through the crowd, um, it seems like some of the people in the front think that you're politicians of some kind. And they begin screaming stuff like "fuck you" and "scabs" and all this, you know, horrible shit as you're approaching the door. Well, so, you know, sticks and stones. All right. So you enter. Uh, well, it's more like sticks and bricks. But uh, uh, so you guys enter. As soon as you enter, it's very quiet. It's like a library. Mm. Um, very, that's quite odd. It's it's not it's not so much odd. There are people around, but it's very the, the, it's very hushed, very tense inside the building. You're immediately struck with tension with tension. 
Um, and, uh, and as you enter, you can see that the right wall is, um, it's got basically a hierarchy portrait system of like, um, like Roosevelt's at the top and then the borough president, the mayor, the borough presidents, and then everyone, it literally has photos of everyone in charge. Um, and you guys enter, you see that there is a contacts desk, there are aides kind of running around, there are politicians standing around talking, there are cops, basically in every single corner of this place, just standing there, just like looking around, prepared for the worst. And as you enter into the main part of the lobby, um, several aides, they kind of turn to you because you don't look like them. They, they, you know, you're not, you know, you don't have briefcases. You don't have any, you're just two guys walking in, especially Fowler. They'd recognize Fowler. Um, one aide begins approaching you and then two officers begin approaching you. And before he even like stops in front of you, the aide's like, I'm sorry, gentlemen, we're closed. Um, well, we're just on our way up to the uh, city planner's office. Well, I don't think that there's anybody up there. And he kind of smiles at you. Well, I think we might just go and have a look. Uh, and the aide uh, with the two police officers kind of just like, they, they're, they're, they're there, but they're, you know, they're just waiting. And the aide says, well, um, can you please explain your business with the city planner's office? Are you... Yes. Uh, my business is connected with my rights under the Open Meeting Act. And immediately you say that, and his, his face kind of just like, like drains the color. And he, and he, kind of, and he says, yes, okay. Uh, and he, and he, doesn't, he doesn't really say, he just, he's just kind of just like, he's trying to stammer for like, so the same, trying to say something other than you're closed, do you need a subpoena or something else like that? Okay. Like, Could you direct us to the, uh, oh, I was going to say lifts, isn't it? To the elevators, please. Uh, and he points, uh, there's a series of stairs that lead up to an elevated platform or something like that, something like that. Um, and there is the elevators that take you up to the two sides, the two wings of the building. And I say before the, I said thank you, and we continue on to the. And and the aid is you know. It's difficult to get a gauge on his face, um, or like his expression, whether it's confusion or worry or whatever. It's just kind of like a mixture, like shock. It's just like it. it you know, it seems like their go-to is. What is your business here? Are you a reporter? If you're a reporter, get the fuck out. We're not talking to the press. Are you not? Are you a police officer? Uh, if not, you need a subpoena. And uh, are you part of the uh, the citizenship? Sorry, no one's up there. Can't go up there. The, the doors are locked. So you've kind of just like gone through the holes of the bureaucracy. <laughs> their little their little wall that wasn't really a wall. It wasn't really anything. It was just all talk. Um, okay, so you like, like a paper wall, kind of. E well, yeah, especially for law enforcement. Like, if you guys had, were to walk in and go, Hi, we're investigating, they would have been like, You need a subpoena. You're not coming back. You're not going I'm up. I'm expecting to deal with a magician. No. That's, no, they weren't. That was their flaw. All right, so you go up to the. Um, 
So you go up to the 23rd floor, I believe. 23. 23. All right. Uh, the doors open, long hallway, rows and rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of doors. Um, it's louder up here. Um, you can hear the, the clacking of typewriters and people talking in the rooms. And you can see, because there's, the, there's frosted glass on the doors, um, and you can see different titles. Um, but uh, th th this is definitely not the city planner's office. These are just like different offices, different, uh, you know, different departments. Um, and you can kind of see their, their sh people's shadows as they walk around and uh, people working inside. Um, but it's a very long hallway. Okay. I guess the, uh, the only option is to uh, keep walking down the hallway until we encounter a door that says city planner's office. Then. Yes, and you do find that it's at the very uh, end on the corner. Um, it says city planner's office, um, and it's got the names of uh, everyone in charge. It you can see, you know, William Converse. Um, you can see, you can see all the names. Um, however, you can see that there's a there's a gap between the four administrators who are in charge. Um, and if you were to make it out, if you were very finely focused, you could see where they, they chipped the paint off. And it says city architect, Timothy Tucker. So it looks like they've, they've chiseled his name off the door since, you know, it doesn't work there anymore. All right. So what would you like to do? Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll knock and go in. All right. So you knock. Uh, you knock uh, and you go in. Doors aren't locked. You know, why would they be locked? Um, and you immediately enter. It's, um, it's rather small, actually. Um, it's just really, the, the, uh, so there's uh, a small bullpen in the middle uh, with several desks. Um, and there are, you know, different people all sitting at the desk typing or writing. Um, you can see that there are some building plans scattered here and there. Um, and then there are four doors that probably go off to close offices. Um, the, and, and like I said, the bullpen is a mess of papers, schematics, permits. Uh, there are aides, interns, assistants, assistant architects, and they're all, they're all doing different things. They're all doing their own little, uh, they're all in their own little world, except for one intern. Um, who's a very young man who, who, who sees you and, and he approaches and he says, uh, can I help you gentlemen? Um, yes, well, I, I, I hope so. And I'll, I'll just pause for a moment and just dramatically um, pause for a moment and just, just look around the office as though looking for someone I, I, I'm expecting to see and just say, um, I, I, was, um, I was hoping to see Mr. Tucker. Mr. Tucker. Uh, yes, the, the city architect. Uh, he doesn't work for us. In it. Can I ask who you are? Are you with another department? No, my name's um, Felix Epstein. I'm a, I'm a member of the public. Oh, and he, when you say that, his eyes go, go, go wide. And he says, um, uh, and he just, he, he, he doesn't say anything. He, he, he then just kind of moves away from you. Excuse me, young man. And he just, he, he walks away, he leaves. Um, and he immediately, and he immediately goes over to a desk. Well, I he, never. 
and he's talking to people and people are like looking up and, and they're looking at you. Okay, so we'll go. I'm giving it about 30 seconds and then I'm going to start lighting up a cigarette in their office. Um, Which actually it's the 30s, no one would care. No, no. <laughs> so um, I'd like to now bring attention to the, uh, the doors because uh, the, the, the doors do have names, much like the, the front door that had the names of the administrators on it, the people in charge of this department. It was very, I want to say small. It's not small, but it's just, it's, you know, it's a very uh, open. It's just, it's, con it's con the city planner's office is confined to really like this main room and then four offices. And those office, uh, offices going in, you know, clockwise order, um, they read on the doors, they read William Converse, uh, department administrator, Harrison Giles, zoning manager, assistant director of operations, Orville Kevin, uh, Kelvin, executive assistant to the committee, and uh, and then you know on the door that's just to your right, you can see that uh, the print has been stripped from the door, but it reads Timothy Tucker uh, on the on the, what still reads on the frosted uh, window. It says Timothy Tucker, city architect. Oh, I'm going I... to walk over and and. and uh... Again, make a perfunctory knock on the door, and then and then go to open the uh, open the door. That door is locked. I I say I say to Felix, hey, well, didn't she didn't uh she say uh, oh Greta say that uh, Conver and Giles were the people we should talk to? I hope you're whispering. <laughs> Yes, I, I kind of go kind of... Well, as soon as you guys, you know, said uh, we're members of the public, it kind of just went very quiet. They're still moving around, they're still talking, but they're, you know, everything they're now saying to each other is very confined to just them. Like, you just hear kind of mutterings. Bless you. Sorry, I had a, I had a couple of drinks before. <laughs> Gosh, in Himmel. Um, I, um, I, th I think then I will, um, if, if no one's going to help me, then I'm just going to go straight to the top um, and, and knock on uh, the door of Mr. Converse. Before you do that, can you give me a listen roll? Both of us? Just Felix, because he was approaching the door. Okay. He was approaching the door and knocks. Out of 40. So it was a regular pass. Okay. Um, it's very clear that there are two people inside. You can see their kind of their movements in, uh, in, in the frosted glass. But you can hear a very muffled conversation. Um, and what you hear is Harry, please think about this. Okay, and you then hear uh, a slightly deeper voice and say, "No, I told you. If you approve that line change, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. It's too much. Don't you think I know that, Harry? You're not the only one getting fucked here, too. Look, 
You know he's not just going to let you walk out of all of this. You're in a bind. I did what I had to. The other voice then says, and I'm doing what I have to. I'm leaving. I'm not dealing with this anymore. Whatever happens, happens. And the main voice, the first voice you heard says, you're not thinking about talking to. The other voice then replies, I've thought about it. I won't fucking lie. It is missing, Bill, which means they probably got a hold of it already. Now, Timothy's gone, and, they, and don't pretend you, you don't know who did it. I'm not dealing with these people anymore. I'm not going to turn up dead. I'm sorry, Bill. I'm done. And that's when the door opens inward, and uh, out comes a man. He's wearing glasses. He's wearing kind of a, a brown suit. Um, he's, he's not old, but he's older. He's got wrinkles, you know. He's got frown lines. He, he, doesn't, he, he just kind of pushes past you. And, and the man inside, uh, who he, he's, he's bald, um, and he, he has, his suit coat is off, he's unbuttoned his shirt, he, he's kind of like sitting behind, he, he's standing up behind the desk with his hands, you know, pressed up, and he's leaning out, and he's shouting, Giles! And he immediately sees you in the door, Felix, and, uh, and he stands up. At first, there's, a, there's, an initial, there's, an, there's an initial shock, and then he, he stands up and he uh, kind of, you know, pats out his shirt. Says, can I help you? I damn well hope you can. What kind of screwy two-bit operation are you running here? I've been standing out there for five minutes being ignored by everyone in that room. And I'm he, supposed to be here for a meeting with Mr. Tucker. What the hell's going on? And he, uh, he uh, immediately... Uh, he, he kind of squints his eyes and uh, and that kind of fake, you know, happy, like, oh, I, what can I do for you? Kind of just leaves. And he goes, who the hell are you? Epstein. Felix Epstein. You said you're here for a meeting with... A Mr. meeting with Tucker, yes. I've got a, a proposal for a, a rooftop golf driving range. I had to talk to him about the... Uh, um, about designing the... Um, the barriers for it, the safety barriers. The give, give me a fast talk. Ooh, 15 out of 63. That's oh, a hard, very nearly an extreme. Um, and he kind of he stares at you for a moment. <laughs> and then he he kind of stares at you on, 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 for a moment. And then he, uh, he, he looks down at his desk and he begins like flipping through a planner. And he goes, I didn't know that. Timothy had with him for today, uh, and and he kind of says that to himself, but you can hear it because uh, it's a very and, and he um, and he slams it shut, and you know, he goes, "Well, um, Mr. Uh, Epstein, um, uh, unfortunately, Mr. Tucker, uh, he he quit just recently. He um, quit. Well, shouldn't yeah. someone have phoned me to tell me not to come in for a, a meeting if he quit? Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, he just, he, we don't know, he quit. Um, I'm taking care of, uh, of all of his matters until we can find a replacement. Um, uh, come in, uh, sit down, um, we'll, we'll get this hammered out. Yeah, well, I mean, for, for a start, I mean, well, look, I, I want to know what's happened to, uh, we, he and I had had a couple of meetings before. We had a good working relationship going. I mean, I, 
I I haven't got all of the all of the, the blueprints and the proposals with me. He knew everything already. I wasn't prepared to have to explain everything from scratch to you. Well, uh, if you can just you know if uh, uh, if you want to just come in and sit down, we uh, we'll have an intern go to City Hall and we'll get the the blueprints that were listed. Um, Timothy he filed everything away before he left. Uh, thankfully. So we'll probably still have your blueprints, um, everything that he had in his office. Uh, there, I don't think we saw anything with your name on it. So uh, come in and sit down. We'll get this hammered out for you. And he, he, he's taking this very seriously. And, um, and, and he says, uh, but you do know that the, uh, the, 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 the municipality building, it's, it's currently, you know, uh, closed to the public right now. Yes. I kind of go closer and said, yes, we know. And who are you? And he points to Fowler. I feel like I've seen you before. Oh, this is my uh, associate. Um, and I just let that hang. <laughs> yeah. Let me do a roll up here really quick. All right. He got a 90. Uh, and, he, and, 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 uh, and the man uh, who you can only assume is Converse. He's in his office and he's, you know, behind the desk. Um, he, he goes, well, uh, gentlemen, if, if you can come in, just take a seat here. And then he points at two uh, kind of leather chairs sitting directly in front of the desk. Um, and he, uh, and he, he sits down and he takes out a pen and a notepad and he says, well, um, tell me everything that you can about uh, the plan, everything that you- well, uh, Mr. Converse, can I- um... And I basically kind of shut the door behind me. Okay. Can I be uh, candid with you, Mr. Converse? Um, yes. What? What is that? What, what? What? We're both men of the world. I don't think either of us are particularly naive. Um, and you and I, I believe, know how things operate at City Hall. Now, Mr. Tucker is what you might call a friend of mine and I had been led to believe that there would be no problem with my proposal being approved. Now I find suddenly that he has disappeared. You can understand um, that I'm perhaps uh, a little nervous that my um, my donation towards his office expenses may potentially have been wasted. This would put me in a rather invidious position, as I'm sure you can understand, particularly in the current climate. Well, um, as, I, as I said, um, we have Mr. Mr. Tucker's uh, easels over here, and he points uh, in the corner. You can see propped up easels. He says, well, uh, and, and, and you know, I've, I've gone through them. It doesn't look like any of your plans are in there. Um, you said you wanted, uh, you, you want, and, and he seems to be kind of bypassing, uh, you know, your frustration as best as he can, um, or your fake frustration. And as well, uh, you know, if you can just give me the information, your information, um, well, I'll have an intern go to city hall and we'll remove the plants, uh, and, uh, from the hall of records and we'll bring it out here and we'll just discuss everything that you discussed with Mr. Tucker. Uh, I apologize for not letting you know. Um, I could have sworn we contacted everyone 
uh, where, and he begins once again flipping through the planner. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I, while, while we're on the subject, I mean, um, that young intern out there is one of the rudest people I think I've ever met. Oh, and uh, I will. I mean, the fella walked away while I was talking to him. I'm not sure if that's how you do business here, but it's certainly not how I do business. Well, Mr. In, uh, in Brooklyn, where I'm well, from. Well, Mr. Epstein. You can tell from my accent. Well, Mr. Epstein, we, you, you have to understand that um, we're currently dealing with um, some internal issues right now. Some, uh, some internal issues that uh, are, are, are best left out of the public eye. Um, I'll, I'll definitely talk with him um, and, and see. I'll, have, I'll have a talk with all of them. But we usually, right now, in the past few weeks, we haven't had anyone um, from the public up here. We try to contact everyone. Um, and let them know that uh, any appointments uh, would be... Is there, is there no way at all of getting in touch with Mr. Tucker? I mean, I'd feel if I could at least talk to him and, and see if he's done the, 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 the schematics. Uh, unfortunately, um, unfortunately there, we, we don't think there's, there's any, um, there's been any contact with Mr. Tucker. I know that, um, that, uh, that there was a there was a police investigation. I'm not sure of the details. A police um, investigation. What you're you're telling me now that, that this man was subject to a police investigation? Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's that is kind of uh, serious. Well, uh, you have you have to understand um, that we we don't really associate with Mr. Tucker anymore. As you can see, he he has quit. He's left. Um, but I'm here now, and he, he leans forward, clasping his hands. So uh, let's go over the details. Where exactly? You said you're from Brooklyn. So yes, that the, zone. Uh, the, the, the business will be in Brooklyn. It's, the, um, well, there are actually two alternative uh, locations for it. We haven't decided which one we want to work with yet. It's really down to which one is better for zoning. So you, so you don't have an official commercial uh, center yet? Well, no, that was what I was discussing with Mr. Tucker, you see. Well, um, un un unfortunately, we don't really do uh, retail here, and he kind of chuckles at that. No, 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 no. I think you misunderstand. We're not in the business of trying to buy a property. We already have two properties. We just oh, you're saying you're... which one we're going to use to establish this business on, on, the, on the top of. I mean, basically, they, they both have the same... Um, uh, floor space, if you will. And you've uh, already scheduled a, uh, uh, you've already had an inspection or do you need to schedule one? Uh, well, we've already had an inspection um, and the inspector flagged up the fact that we needed to install the safety netting, obviously, because you can't have people pitching golf balls off the top of a, a high building in a city with, with, without some sort of safety provision, as I'm sure you understand. And he kind of chuckles at that and that's when the door knocks and uh, a man, um, he opens the door and says, uh, Mr. Converse, uh, Mr. Kelvin would like to speak to you for just a moment. And he kind of smiles and says, uh, I'll be right back, gentlemen. And they, he kind of steps outside and closes the door. Anything you'd like to do? Uh, well, as, uh, I mean, first of all, I'm going to have a look at everything that's on the desk. <laughs> yeah. No, that's exactly what I'm going to do, too. It's like, 
Well, first of all, let's just look at everything. I'll do. I'll do. I'll just. I'll do. I'll do that sort of that that memory man trick where you look at the, everything in the tray and memorize it. Okay. Um, <laughs> and go. And 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 go. Okay. <laughs> no, I'll um, have a look at what's on the desk. Okay. And and. Uh, and yeah, and Dex. You're doing yeah. the same thing, Dexter. Yeah, I'm gonna look around. You know, see kind of underneath the. You know, just check everywhere um go ahead and um felix and fowler give me uh give me library use rolls actually yeah give me library use rolls nope 88 out of 40. okay what about mr fowler no i i feel like 10. In that case, I'm, I'm going to look in the uh, waste paper bin. Okay. Um, you begin digging through and um, give me a spot head. Oh, yeah. Okay. 36 out of 68. Okay. Um, before I divulge any information, what is Fowler doing? I was, you know, just you know, trying to check on the desk uh, on top out on the desk, but then if I can't really find any information, I am gonna look kind of you know under the desk or under like and see if I can find really anything. Oh, could I just say that while while I'm rooting around, I'm doing this with an unlit cigarette in my hand. Oh, okay. All right. Um. So let's see here. Felix, what you find is this. Would you let me to read it? Yeah, go ahead and uh, read it out loud. Dated April the 4th, 1931, from the desk of Harrison Giles. Bill, this is urgent. I don't know what's going on, but I just got a call from City Hall saying we need to rezone Zoning District 44 to cover everything from West 150th all the way to West 143rd. Apparently, one of our benefactors called in saying they wanted it done. I know that you don't need any more stress in this investigation, but they seriously can't change zoning lines, can they? Dozens of buildings will be out of compliance. It'll be mass chaos for tons of people, not to mention us. We've already got Seabury looking for trouble. This will give it to him. Bill, Walker and his guys say they want this done today. I'll leave it up to you on what we do, but I'm not sending the letters to people saying they need to fix their homes or demolish them. That'll be on you. And if you decide to go through with it, no hard feelings, but I'm out after that. I didn't want this position so I could make a few guys with money happy. I have a feeling the jig is up anyways. Just let me know what you want to do. All right. I'm going to pocket that. Okay. You go ahead and pocket it. Um, I w so you, you begin hearing... Um, Converse and another human being. <laughs> There's another here. There are other human beings outside. It's just one of them. Um, they're approaching the door. I would like uh, I would like Fowler to go ahead and give me another spot hidden. I got a fifteen. Just give me a second here. And I'm gonna assume a fifteen is a pass. Yes, it's a pass. I was just seeing if it was extreme or not. Um, 
what you find um, by pulling out one of the drawers um, on accident as you lift yourself up off the floor um, is a leather bound ledger. It is the exact same color, the exact same size as the one you found in, um, in Tucker's home. It's got the same seal, it's got everything. It's just, it's, a, it's, a, it's another ledger. How big is this? Just, can I, just out of game, can I put it underneath my, uh, would, it, would it leave a mark or leave kind of a? I mean, it, it would be noticeable for Converse to reach in uh, and, yeah. and open the drawer and then go, hey, look, the ledger's missing. I hope it wasn't those two guys from the public. No, uh, one of whom gave his real name. <laughs> so, uh, ledgers, ledgers are large. They're like 17 by 11. Yeah. It would be very noticeable, not only that, uh, the fact that it would be missing, a state ledger would be missing, but it's... it's I just realized that I illustrated how big it was by doing this yes. in a tiny screen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no. Okay. You have really small hands. No sense of scale. I do have really small hands, actually. That's okay. Tiny little man. Um, Converse is going to be back in this next turn. What do you want to do? Um, you, you can hear him. He's, he is coming. I'm going to sit back in the, the chair yeah. and lean across the desk. Um, just sort of lean on the desk and start looking over the desk again. Um, just looking around at it. But ostensibly looking for an ashtray. Okay. The door if there is an ashtray. Oh, yeah. I'll Just it. before you go, I put I put it back and yeah, actually I will rip it, you know, just rip a page out. You know. Or rip okay. a couple of pages out and give me a luck roll if you're gonna rip a page out. Oh hey. Ooh, that's close. Is it that what what is close? Is close a pass or a fail? Dust, just give me a second here. Uh one second. I'm trying to get my Yeah, I pass. Alright, so you very gently... uh, fifty-nine out of sixty-five. So with great precision, you are able to remove the page without leaving any indication that a page was ripped, other than the fact that the numbers won't add up. Um, all right, so you've, you've ripped, just ripped out a page, and where you're shoving it in a pocket or something like that? Yeah, I'm doing this shove it in my pocket. All right, um, so you sit and down. Um, Converse comes back inside and goes, uh, sorry about that, gentlemen. So where were we? We were talking about two locations um, and your safety net. Yes, you did the home inspection. And he, he that's right, that's right yes. Um, sorry, do you have an ashtray in here? Um, no, I don't. I don't smoke, actually. I hate the taste. Oh. Well, there's, an, there's, an outra, uh, there's, the, uh, there's probably an ashtray out in the bullpen, however. Um, oh, it's, that's okay. I, I can wait. Okay. Um, now, question from GM to players. How long or are you going to keep up the fake uh, 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 golf on the rooftop charade? Uh, we're, all, we're almost to nine already, and I haven't even gotten to Jeff and, uh, yeah. and Ken. 
Is there anything else that you'd really like to do here? Well, given the, the very instant he looks into the, the business proposal, he's going to find out that we're uh, not in the least bit legit. Yeah. <laughs> and that we've got absolutely nothing to, uh, to lose. Um, I'm going to wait for him to sit down. Okay. So and just say, look, Converse, I'll level with you. I know what's going on in your office. And the minute you say that, his the color drains right from his face. He looks, he, he looks both shocked and horrified. Now, I don't necessarily care what you get up to or who you're taking presents from. But I want to know what happened to Tucker. And he leans forward and says, leave before I call security. My friend, you put your hand on that telephone and I guarantee it'll be the last thing you ever do. If you're an investigator and you don't have a subpoena- I'm not an investigator. I'm not an investigator. I'm just a friend of Mr. Tucker's with whom he had a business arrangement. And I don't like my money going to waste. Now, I would like to know what happened to Mr. Tucker. Then I would like your assurances that the arrangements I had with Mr. Tucker will continue with your office per se. Give me an intimidate roll. I'm intimidated. <laughs> this, this could go very badly. My intimidate is 15. Oh. <laughs> Do a, roll a bonus dice because it was very, uh, there's a okay. lot of weight. There was a very, there's a lot of weight to that accusation. <laughs> well, the first dice was 99. <laughs> so oh, it's, all down, it's all down to the bonus dice. Oh, can I spend luck on this? How many luck points? Um, well, I rolled 22. And my intimidation is 15, so I'd have to spend seven luck points, which would take me down to 40 luck points. Unless, of course, our luck has been replenished since the last game. Your luck will not replenish uh, every session, but uh, I will let you know when it does replenish. It will replenish okay. eventually, yes. Well, in that case, um, I will spend seven luck points. Okay, that's fine. That's a it's lot. Not gonna, it's, it's not going to replenish all the way, but... Uh, so it's not going to go all the way back to the once. a successful intimidation <laughs> Okay. Why you? Why you? And he, he just looks at you, and uh, it's just, it's very difficult. It, 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 there's, a, there's a lot of emotions that are boiling to the top with this guy. Um, but essentially what he, what he does is he just says, I don't know. Now please leave before I call security. And he doesn't say. And he doesn't. Someone, and he doesn't say someone, that. If someone's look, just give me a name. If someone's got him out of the picture, just give me a name. I don't know anything. Please leave. And I'm he's just he's, standing he's, outside your office, Mister. Yeah. I heard your conversation. I know you know. 
And that's when he slams. And that's when he slams on the desk and he says, I don't know anything. Leave. And like he shouts that. So like the people outside have stopped and they are looking in. (sighs) Well, um, out of character for a moment. I, I think um, I think I might have misjudged that situation there. It might require more of a kid gloves approach. I guess we're <laughs> going to have to leave <laughs> this point. Yeah. He's not angry. That's something that I should point out. He's not shouting at you like he's angry. He's very worried that you can see like Sweat, you, like it's all—it was almost immediate, like sweat, was like just like dripping down his bald head. But the, and the people outside, it, it, there is there is a tension. Like they're not um, angry; they're just like they're they're waiting for you to leave and for them to go back to work. I'll be in I, touch. We'll be back. <laughs> well. Um, and as you guys leave, you see him, he reaches down. I'm going to open the door. I'm going to go and I'm going to open the door. Okay. But I'm, I'm going to walk very slowly to the door and I'm going to open the door very slowly. I'm going to do everything just very slightly more slowly than is really appropriate for the situation. Just to make a point. Pausing to light my cigarette before I leave, and you can see that the, 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 that the interns, the assistants, the art, the, the the basic architects, everyone that are at their desks in this this very large open um, area, they're all just standing, and because they're all they were all like huddled over desks and typing, and now they're all just staring at you, like they, they've completely stopped what they were doing. They're like in like mid whatever they're doing, but they're just waiting for you to leave. They all look like. So if there's anyone in front of me, I will blow smoke in their face as I pass them. No one in front of you. You just you, you walk out the door to close it. Damn. Okay. With that, we're gonna jump to um, Tommy and Ken uh, and William. Just kidding. There's no one named Ken here. Okay. So you guys wanted. Where is the sheet? You wanted to do uh, the nosy neighbor across the street and the doctor. Um, which one do you think there's more tangibility to? Which one do you want to do first? They're both equally exciting. So I reckon, <laughs> I reckon, Tommy, shall we go to the drug uh, to the doctors and check out the medication and then come back to the? Yeah, that sounds good. That shouldn't take that long. I don't. No, it doesn't. Um. To, to, to briefly sum up what happens there. Um, Dr. Desmura, um, he'll, he invites you in. He tells you what's going on. Because um, he's very, you know, you, you're, you're clearly investigators. You've got to hold up the prescription slip. Um, and, he, and, and, you know, he's a very understanding, kind person. So he explains to you that Timothy, um, he had stomach problems. Um, and, but he, and, he, and he was constantly getting sick. However, it wasn't just like, oh, he has certain problems. Um, Dr. Desmura, in conjunction with uh, other doctors at like Mercy Hospital, 
and uh, and some doctors over at uh, at Columbia believe that Timothy has uh, a very weak immune system, surprisingly weak. Like he is barely able to fight off the the common cold. Um, it, it, it is a, it is a it was a, it is a huge burden on Timothy. He is constantly sick. He is basically the family doctor. William asks, Doctor, can you is there anything in particular that causes that kind of condition? Genetics, really. Um, genetics is really the only answer that they have. Because in all senses of of, of Timothy's. Um, you know, appearance, he should be, a, a, and his age is, is a, you know, the condition of, you know, the sounds of his heart, his breathing. Um, he's never had any, you know, surgery, no, nothing like that. He should be a relatively healthy individual, but he has problem with fighting off sickness. He has problems with his digestion. He just, his, 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 his it has problems with breaking down things and fighting things off. A very weak immune system. Well, well doctor, sorry, on you go, Jeff. Is this something he's had for quite a while, or is this a recent development? Uh, it's all of his life. Like Doctor Desmura has known Timothy for literal years, like a decade, mm -hmm. maybe a little over a decade. Okay. And how about? Obviously, we're trying to help the. We've explained that we're trying to help the family uh, find uh, uh, find Timothy. So, um, is there anything else, Doctor, you can tell us that was maybe going on or he's ever divulged that would really help us find him? Because obviously his wife and family are very concerned for his safety. Nothing really. There's nothing really that I uh, can give to you guys that would help you in your investigation. But um, in terms of his health, um, it was off and on. It wasn't ever life-threatening. He never was like, I'm going to die tomorrow if I don't get treatment. But he was constantly sick. Um, winter, summer, um, digestion problems, stomach pain, most likely from ulcers, probably due to stress. Um, he was just, of, his, his immune system just couldn't handle the outside world. If he went missing... Is this something he would have to have access to medication on a regular basis in order to, to you know? Oh, no. Like I said, it's not life-threatening. The okay. cold, the, the, the common cold, um, I mean, it, now it can develop into pneumonia. It can, yeah. But, um, but Timothy's been handling this for, I, I assume, most of his adult life. So I imagine that he knows the precautions and, you know, if he can't get to medicine, he you know he knows uh, which he, he not always he not always has access to, um, but um, he knows home remedies. He knows how to take care of himself. Um, it's been less and less uh, now that he's been you know taking necessary precautions, wearing gloves to work, and when he's on the subway, um, he 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 knows uh, what to do, the do's and don'ts of keeping you know infectious diseases out. 
I'm going to look at William a little bit and I'm going to say, how did he seem upstairs? Oh, he was fine. Okay. That's what I thought. I just wanted to, cause I don't know, um, since he's going missing, I don't know. Have you, have you met his brother at all? Uh, no, but he did mention him a few times. Cause I'm wondering if maybe that's genetics too, that his, his brother seemed a little cuckoo as they say. Um, well, you know, uh, we believe that most uh, genetics are uh, most most mental problems are either caused by um, you know alcohol or drugs, um, but it could and and you know of course uh, familial interactions. This is the theories, um, but it could also have something to do with genetics. Though I can tell you that uh, that Timothy did not have any predisposition towards madness. Mm-hmm. Masturbation, especially, and pornographic imagery. Just an overall lack of spiritual self. Also, homosexual thoughts. We'll learn, you know, but Timothy was definitely not one of those. Because I know he's got a good job. He's, you know, he's, he's got a wife and a new kid on the way. So he seemed together, but I just wanted to ask that question. Yeah, no. He was, Arthur he was, hasn't been in the sea, right? No. I don't really know Arthur. I've never seen him before in my life. I just heard him mentioned. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Tommy, what do you think? Yeah, I think that answers it for me. Okay. Yeah, but All maybe right. just uh, say to him if there's anything else that he uh, can think of in the coming days, we, we give our, our hotel number, phone number. Sure. Um, and with that, you leave the doctors to go to the uh, house across the street. All right, let me pull that up really quick. William, I don't know. She gave me a look earlier, and I don't think it was kind. So I don't know if she already dislikes me, because I kind of dislike her. So why don't you take the lead, and I'll, I'll back you up when, when it needs to. Perhaps she'll be attracted to me. Okay, I didn't see that coming, but yeah, maybe. You got the looks. The the other thing before we even speak to her that I remembered from early on that was mentioned, there was a, as we go to the house, uh, Thomas, we want to maybe kind of have a glance at the, the closed down house. Um, I think there was a house that was barricaded up, about an abandoned house nearby. Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. There, there is, there is an abandoned house. It's not abandoned. It's not like decrepit, but it's like yeah. no one lives there. They, they boarded it up to keep, you know, the homeless from getting in. I just remind Tommy though that there was talk. I'm sure if I got it right early on that um, there, yes. there was, there was somebody watching, observing from the abandoned house. So maybe this old lady will help us out. Okay. From the house, or wasn't that the old lady herself? No, no. There was someone that was at the abandoned house's porch. Um, it could, could have been Harry, the investigator, or one of the other oh, investigators. That's right. that's right. I remember now. Yeah. It was mentioned by Pops and his son. Uh, yeah. Um, that there was a man sitting on the porch at the abandoned house that was that is neighboring the old lady's house. We just, yeah. kind, of, we just kind of glance at it in the way by as we approach the old lady's place. Yeah. It's an old... It's a, it's a, you know, just a boarded up house. 
Um, nothing really of, uh, of note on the outside um, that faces the street. But uh, you pull up in front of uh, the old lady's house and uh, the snow is melted. And you can see that as you know, the snow has kind of gone away, uh, you can see that the grass that was there when the snow fell was very long and thick. It's very matted. You can see twigs all over the ground. She did not take care of her lawn. Um, the, the the pavement is cracked, and you know there's you know just it, it, there, there are holes from the rain. Um, as you approach the porch, you can hear the like the wood creak. Um, Who is taking point? Uh, I think I'm supposed to, although um, I'm not particularly good at charm or anything like that. Uh, but I've got good psychology, so I'll try and just uh, do my best here. Yeah. All the windows have blinds. They're all, they're all blinded up, so you can't see inside the house. But um, Politely I, chop the door. Okay. You tap the door. It's, it's, a, it's a, just a white door, but there's a little, like, uh, it's one of those brass um, door windows, you know, the ones where you open it up and you can look out and you can close it. Um, but, so you knock. Nothing happens. Uh, knock again. A little louder. Okay. You knock a little louder. You knock a little louder. Um, nothing happens. Tommy, give me a spot hidden. She's watching you, Tommy. <laughs> uh, 80. All right. All you, you don't really see anything. Um, Okay. I call. I call. I, call, I can't. I've can't find her name here on my notes, but I know we've had her name in the past. I call her name out through the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her name is uh, is uh, Dorothy Campbell. Mrs. Um, Ca- Mrs. Campbell. Mrs. Campbell, are you home? And all you hear muffled behind the door is, "Go away! I don't want to talk to you people anymore." Oh please, uh, Samantha has said that you're such a, a nice lady sh- that you might be able to help us. We're desperately find, trying to find Tommy. Eh, not Tommy. Timothy. And what you hear is kind of like a shuffle. And then the, the little uh, uh, door viewer opens up and she looks at Liz. You can just see her eyes peering out at you. And she goes, listen to me. If you're Jews, I'm not buying your religion. If you're door-to-door salesman, I'm not buying your vacuums. And if you're here to ask about that house over there, I'm not telling you anything. I'm not talking. And she closes the uh, little viewfinder. Do you want to kill her, Tommy? <laughs> I knew I didn't like her for a reason. I get my boomerang open the hatch and throw it. <laughs> throw it. <laughs> oh, God. Um, give me a listen roll, uh, both of you. Uh, dear. Uh, damn. That's a pass for me. Okay. Feel. Tommy, you heard her come to the door, but you didn't hear her leave. Hmm. Okay. She really wants to talk to us. She's just a nasty so-and-so, you know? I mean, if she's that nosy, she's got to. She's got to want to gossip, you know. Yeah. And if you're saying this, if you're saying that, she's probably listening. No, no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> um, 
I, I say through the door, please, uh, please, uh, please help us. We know that um, you look, you keep an eye on the neighbourhood and you make sure you know that there's no nonsense going on, and we really just need your help. There's a pause, and then it opens up slowly. You just see her eyes again. She goes, "You need my help." Yes, uh, you're probably the only person that can help us right now on the street. Is that so? You, you seem to know what's going on in this neighborhood. I do. No and one we, else. We know there's a lot of strange things going on. You're telling me. I think that the girls next door, those stepsisters, lesbians. And of course, you know, the, 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 the family across the street, not the not the not those ones you're coming about, but they they drink the sauce every night, and of course those blacks, you know the grocery store, those those coons they're always looking at me as I come in, and then those over there, that that, that those that old family, Baptists, horrible. We don't know how you put up with it. The neighborhood has gone downhill. Of course it is. All we need is Jews now, those hebes. Well, give me a sec. And she just closes it. You hear a bunch of, uh, of chains rattling, locks unlocking, and the door opens. And you're immediately hit with the stench of mildew and, uh, and, 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 and just this, this weird, it's, 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 a food stench, but you don't know what the food is. Butterscotch candy, I bet. It's 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 not butterscotch candy. It's something smells something smells real bad. <laughs> I'm I'm relieved. I'm relieved. I thought he was going to say urine. <laughs> but um, it you see stacks of stuff: newspapers, cardboard boxes, records. You know anything? She's clearly a hoarder. Mm. And she and uh, and she goes inside. Was talking the in the living room. That's where I, I keep eyes on everyone. I, I got those nice bay windows. They see everything. Come on. And she just kind of like shuffles into the, it's very dark. Uh, it's also very cold. It doesn't look like she has her heater on or she hasn't put anything in the heater. Um, and, the, and none of the lights are on. She's got candles um, that are kind of lit and she's just, you know, shuffles into the living room. I give William a look like we going in? Yeah, let's go in. All right. So uh, I say, you know, um, more neighborhoods need, need people like you, you know, keeping an eye on things. And I don't know how you manage to get by with everything that's going on here. Well, see the drunks across the street, those Morgans drinking every night. They let their kids run around. They're screaming, hooting, and hollering all night. That's the only reason they let them out so late is so they cannot get caught drinking. Mm. And uh, and and she kind of sits down on this, you know, this this old kind of rotting ch- uh, cloth uh, armchair, and she points to a to a uh, another another cloth. It's like one of those scratchy cloth. I don't. It's it's like a tweed. Those those tweed sofas. She points to it and says, "Well, go sit down. I don't have anything really to drink other than water." Did you close the door? I didn't hear any of you close the door. Yeah, Tommy, did you close the door? Do you want to make us some tea, Tommy? <laughs> I don't, I don't, drink, 
I don't drink tea. Caffeine is from hell. Amen. It's what's in that Coke and that Pepsi. Yeah, oh, boy. I, I think I'd close the door, but let me just double check. I'll, I'll run back and check. Yeah, you closed it. But she's just crazy. As you, as you look it are up, there, Tom. Are there cats? Uh, no, there are no cats. Oh, okay. All right. It's very quiet. I was expecting um, the old cat lady. No, no, there's nothing here. Um, and she goes, uh, all right, so what are, you, what are you all here about? You mentioned the Tuckers across the street. Yeah, well, you know, you know, of course, that uh, Timothy's been missing. You know, of course, that Timothy's been missing. And we, we understand he was maybe sneaking about a little bit or being out late at night. And, of course, somebody like you, a good person like you, you know, keeps her eye on the neighborhood and makes sure it's safe. Maybe would have noticed if he was behaving strangely or there was oh, any, wow. any strange people hanging about. Well, yeah, you know, I know all about them, Tuckers. You know, um, surprisingly, they were nice for the most part. And when they moved here uh, about a, uh, about ten years ago now, uh, I thought they would be miserable young people. But Timothy was quiet, and Samantha always invited me to uh, to her little parties, but I stopped going. You know, why was that? The why drunks, is- the coons, and the lesbians. They're all gathered into that house. I couldn't take it. It's like it's like an infection and virus. I could feel. I felt dirty after going over there. Samantha was very nice, though. But uh, but uh, and she remembers what what she asked. She says, "Timothy always went to work at the same time." But he always came back at the same time. He'd leave at seven at six a.m., and he'd go south to take the train. I know. I watched him. I got up at five thirty every morning just to make sure he got out of that house. Because if he didn't, then I'd know something wrong happened. Some the gas leak maybe, and I'd call the cops, and they'd go over there and save him, and I'd be the hero. But he'd always leave six a.m. on the dot. He'd walk out the door, head south. And he'd always come back, too, at 7 p.m. Then he'd eat dinner with his wife in the dining room. I'd watch them a little bit there, too, and they'd go to bed. But two months ago, that changed. He wasn't keeping any pattern. People keep patterns, you two. They keep patterns. And he was coming home later than usual. Sometimes he'd come back at seven, sometimes as late as midnight, and he disappeared. And did he did he look okay, or was did he look as if he was troubled? That day, that was the uh, the eighteenth, correct? I think you're right. Let's see. I was just trying to look that up, actually. Well. My memory is not as uh, good as it used to be, but uh, on the 18th, I remember him coming out of the house and uh, he came out at six, but he went that way and she points and she points north. North. 
didn't take the train. The one they usually took. That's down there. And this is in the morning? Yep. 6 a.m. Never came home that day. Everyone else did. Did he, did he look like he, he was doing his usual routine? There was nothing strange about him traveling? Apart from the direction. And she come, she kind of take she kind of takes in the question, but she kind of she's old. And she kind of takes it in and she goes, Well now that you mention it, he didn't look a little strange that morning. It's almost as if she didn't even hear what the actual question was. <laughs> she's just answering what she thinks the question was. Just, he seemed nervous. It's like she's in her own head. Um, and then I was I was waiting, and then uh, someone came to their door. That same morning. It was about seven hours later. It was about one. It was a woman. I know that. She was uh, dressed all strangely, foreign. What color of hair did she have? No hair. She wore something over her head. Hmm. Uh, wore wore a big dress. It was it was turquoise. Uh, she 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 walked up the steps and she had something in her hand. It looked like a letter. It was about this big, and she kind of makes about a letter size. She had it in her hand, and then and then she stopped, and then she she came back. She walked back back down the steps, and she went south. That's where the train is. I know that. That's where Timothy went every day. Did she post a letter? Nope. Didn't see anything down there. Cold feet, foreigners. Probably here to sell us some wacko religion. Sorry, I'm, I'm confused. Did you? You mean she delivered the letter to Samantha, who was home, or? No, she didn't even knock. She just stood there, and then, you know, she kind of, uh, she kind of shuffled around, and then she just quickly left, it in hand. Hmm. So, so, you, so you think she was going to post a letter and decided against it and went away? Yeah. That's what I thought, young man. That's exactly what I thought. You're a very smart young man. Well, I'm at university, you know. Oh, education, colleges, that's all a sham, you know that. Everything you need to know is in the good book. Now, um, let's see here, what else happened? Um, now, was there somebody hanging about that abandoned house? And she's, she's, she's thinking, she's going back in and she goes, later that day, saw her at one, and then... Uh, she just kind of sits there, just staring off for just like two or three seconds and then goes, then the man came. Portman, Portman. The man from the paper, he, he, uh, he, he, he came up to my door and he knocked and, and, uh, and I uh, didn't know what was going on. I opened it and it was the man from the paper. And, uh, and, he, and he asked me if a woman stopped by uh, and if she did where she went, well, I, told him the same thing I told you. Some wacky foreign lady in a turquoise robe thing walked up to the door, tried to post a letter, 
came back, went down south towards the station, I reckon. Yep. Very handsome he is. You know. Like a newspaper reporter? That sort of? Well, don't be an idiot. You know the man from the paper. Everyone knows. What's his name? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. It's in the paper. And she kind of gets up and she moves over to a stack of newspapers. This one's small. Small in comparison to all the other ones. Um, she just begins like ruffling through the folded papers. Um, and she goes, uh, this one here, this one, this one they, 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 they wrote, uh, let's see here. Let me pull it up for you. I'm a wee old lady who needs to pull this up so that she can show you on the share thing. <laughs> this modern technology. This modern technology. It's all you kids with your goddamn technology and your educations. All right. Let's see here. Go ahead and read it. And she hands it to you. And there's a picture and there's this article. And she points and she goes, this is the, this is the man from the paper. You should know him. Charlie Julian. No, no, no. The one they're writing about. Read it. Oh, okay. That's the man who wrote it. I thought you were a smart boy. <laughs> Staten Island, New York, after months of construction, traffic, rerouting, and backed up plumbing, citizens of Staten Island borough breathe a sigh of relief with the announced completion of its renewed sewage system. The public sewage network, a campaign spearheaded by Silver Star Enterprises founder George Fulton, has been a major undertaking approved by former borough president Julius Miller. Uh, is it one of these men you're talking about? Well, it's Mr. Fulton. George Fulton. And she points and says, that's his picture right there. And it's a picture. It's just like a, it's like a medium close-up of him smiling. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's just a black and white photo. Very grainy. It's probably just from another film print that they've blown up to that size. Well, you keep reading. I like it when you read. And she just kind of leans back and she just kind of looks off in the distance as you read it aloud. Uh, okay. <laughs> After Galley Street flooded in August last year, closing dozens of businesses and resulting in thousands of, in both commercial and city repair costs, the Staten Island Borough petitioned for an increase in budget. Though it was slow to start, once the renovations were approved, progress was already underway. Silver Star Enterprises, a corporate conglomerate working out of Manhattan, was immediately tasked with revitalizing the public work after owner and senior member of the company, George Fulton, offered in a pitch to the local government that he'd be willing to do it all for free. Very interesting. I didn't do it for the money, said George Fulton, about the project days before its completion. When I heard about the destruction of the Galley Street flooding and then the subsequent renovation plans, I knew what I had to do. I lived in Staten Island as a young man. I don't have to imagine what it must be like with the murky water, terrible plumbing and the like. I lived it. Now with my status and wealth, my business, I have the means to give it back. This is a philanthropic action, nothing more, nothing less. Fulton described the new systems and tunnels beneath the city like one would be the greatest wor of world marvels. It is Silver Star Enterprises' hope that this new system revitalizes a slummy borough, bringing future comfort and clean water for everyone who lives there. What a nice man he sounds like. 
he was a very nice man when he came to my door and he just asked me, you know, if, if, he, if I saw anyone, uh, a, a woman specifically, he said, did I see a woman come around here? And I told him that that woman went over there to that house over there and then went down south. Went did to the see, station. Did he see why he was looking for that woman? No, she just asked. Uh, and, uh, and I didn't ask him. That's impolite. Certainly. I, did not, I did not ask him, but then, you know, he, he left and then all of the others came. They all came asking me questions. Uh, first, uh, it was those four that they, 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 they ganged me up as I was leaving the grocery. I thought I was, I was going to get raped right there in the street. Oh they all just came out of nowhere, but they asked me questions. They were, there was a man, his name was... Harry. His name mm. was Harry. He was an asked, investigator. Was he an investigator? That's what he told me. He said, well, where did you think Timothy went? Uh, what time did you see him leave? Have you noticed anything strange coming around? The, or anyone strange coming around the house? Uh, and, 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 and I told them that I didn't care. I wasn't talking to them. They, 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 they cornered me. Um, the man he he let me, he left me alone after that. Him and his others. There were three of them, um, or four of them, not including including Harry. Um, did, did they show you identification? No, not that I think of. But Do you think they were really investigators? Of course they were. Why would they be at your investigators? Aren't you? Yes. Why would they be asking me questions if they weren't investigators? Unless you're not investigators. No, we're investigators. Okay. Oh, okay, there we go. That answers your question there, little mister. All right. Well, and then the man, you know, he, he, he left me alone. But then I'd see over there on the house next door, I'd see one of those four just standing there on the porch. He's smoking cigarette after cigarette. They just stand there. And I, I thought about calling the police on them a few times, but they didn't do nothing. They just stood there. And they were investigators, and they weren't hurting nobody, so I didn't call the cops. And then that's, of course, when, when, when that big, fat oaf from across the street, he, he came over here, and he started asking me. He asked me a question, and I told him to get lost. And then police, you know, police were with him. Well, they came before him. I'm sorry. They came before the big pudgy man. Uh, he was wearing a mustard suit. Um, uh, the police came, and they asked me. And then when he finally came, I said to screw off. I'm done talking to you people. And yeah, that you was that. You've had it hard, all these people coming and asking you questions. So we're really sorry to be asking you more questions, but you're the most helpful person on the street. Well, of course I am. It's because I'm not full of sin, young man. I go, I go to the cathedral two blocks over, and you should too. No, not, like those, not, not like those Huckabees over there. They're, 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 those goddamn heathens are Baptists. They don't even believe in the, in the St. Mary, I don't think. Well, that sounds like a swell idea. Yes. More young people like you need the book of God in your lives because all you people do, all you young people, you just do think that, you know, all this science and stuff. 
doesn't make any sense to me. I didn't need, ever have a need for it. And look at me, I'm doing just fine. Uh, glance at Tommy to see if he's got anything else on his mind. Um, compliment her to say that she looks rather good for her age of 52. I'm not 52. Like 78. Oh, okay. Well, you're doing something right. Yeah, it's. Uh, I told you what I'm doing right. Are you it's listening good. to me? It's good living. Yeah, she's living good and living right. All right. Well, I'm done answering answering your questions. I'm tired now. Go away. It's. I gotta eat my lunch. Okay. Well, is there anything we can do to help you? Because um, you've been so helpful today. Do you need anything from the little store down the road? I can get myself things from the store, thank you very much. What I need is for you people to leave me alone. Okay, well, if there's anything else that, that comes to mind and if you think you can help out, uh, just give us a wave and we'll, when we're passing and we'll come and see you. That's fine. Thank you so much. You are a great citizen in this town. Well, thank you. We need more good citizens like you people doing investigating and stuff like that. Now go. Goodbye then. Have a great, great day. Okay. And she slams the door behind you. Okay. Uh, that was great. Now we're at, we're, now I'm going to ask the group of players a question. Go on. All right. From here on out, you have two very solid leads, clearly. Okay. Which one would you rather do? The bank or following up with town, with the city hall thing? They will still exist, but these are the two scenario routes. Which one would you like to do first? Well, we can't do anything with the bank yet because we don't have the info. Which one would you like to do first, the bank or city hall? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna vote I, for city hall because I city think city hall. hall is connected with the um, Staten Island sewer thing. Yeah. Okay. The, the interesting thing about that, what that story and that company, George Fulton and Silver Star, is he specifically went and asked for the woman. He was after the girl. So that's a direct connection to, could that be Tally? I was wondering that, yes. I think it's got, it's got to be. Mm-hmm. Rather exotically dressed. Yep. yep. Yeah. And yeah. Al- no. Also the letter, maybe a love letter, or maybe a letter to his wife to say that there's something going on. Who knows, but she decided not to deliver it. But the fact that George Fulton was asking specifically shows that he's got a direct interest in her. Yeah. So, Thomas, can we do that and and the bank or the city? Which one would you rather do? Well, like I, okay. I said before, City Hall. City Hall. Thomas, what are you, are you asking, are you telling us that if we do the City Hall thing that we're not going to get back to the bank thing until much later? Yes. But as I told you in the last episode, there are, 
groups of information as the dog barks in the back. There are groups of clues that you guys are kind of all, you're, 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 you're merging them or you're piecing them together and doing all this, you're speculating all this stuff. Well, we have the information, we have a lot of information on City Hall. And okay. at least my character would feel like the bank stuff, we're going to find that out eventually anyway. Okay. Um, there's nothing to do, so. Okay. City Hall is three. What about Tommy and Ken? Or, God damn it, Jeff and Ken. Okay. I, I want to um, go about interviewing old ladies on a regular basis because they've got a lot of information. Okay. <laughs> uh, happy, happy to go with the team. I'm generally like, quite suspicious that Tommy and William might be gerontophiles. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I tend to agree. We, we have, I think, more juicier, concrete leads with the City Hall stuff. All right. And then um, I would like Felix, because Corey left, to give me an intelligence roll. I have two questions too. When yes. Okay. Let's 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 have oh, the intelligence roll first. Sixty-nine out of seventy. All right. Um, I don't know if this was what you were intending to do later, but I'm just going to give you the idea. Um, remember that um, Greta didn't really get a ton of information. She was hoping you would. Right. Felix is. I'm. I'm asking you to do the role because Corey just left and Corey had the information. Okay. Um. Although I don't know the uh, the, the relevance of um the ledger page. The the Fowler um got hold of, mm -hmm. but I could get in touch with her. And certainly um. Could tell her about the letter I found from Giles. Okay. Um, it does tend to, at the very least, indicate that Giles is, is potentially a weak link. Okay. Um, all right. Let me make, I just made a note of it. Jeff, two questions. Uh, first one, I think I'm going to ask Epstein first, in that I wasn't entirely clear when, when you overheard the conversation going on in that office with Harry and so forth. Did you hear them like actually admit to doing something potentially bad or illegal? Uh, One of them, who I think was Converse, um, seemed to suggest that he knew who had got rid of Timothy. Um, and they were talking about zoning in a way that made it, well, they were talking about what we now know to be the zoning in a way that made it quite clear that they were both complicit in the process of bribery, um, which was further supported by the discovery of the letter. Although it sounded like one of them, which I think was Harry, wanted out of it. Is that what you got? Harry did want out, is what yeah. you got. And then I guess the other question, um, the Seabury Commission? Yes. Is that like, um, like who's behind that? Is that like a police investigation? Is that like a third party? Okay. So, um, 
The Seabury Commission was formed by President Roosevelt, or not President, Governor Roosevelt, essentially tasking um, the state of New York to look into New York City Hall. Who is in charge of that task force and in charge of the prosecution? Not, not, no, not air quotes. He's in charge of the prosecution. Judge Seabury, which is why it's called the Seabury Commission. So essentially what's happening is, is that Seabury is in charge of the lawyers and the prosecutors and having investigators go out and gather witnesses and gather uh, pieces of evidence. Um, and this is all real. You can look it up on Wikipedia. Mm. Um, yeah, like, yeah, it's on, it's on Wikipedia. You can, mm -hmm. you can, nothing, nothing is spoiled in, in looking it up on Wikipedia and learning about it. Okay. But it's essentially, um, it was essentially, it started off really relatively small. It was kind of like a, it, 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 it wasn't it wasn't like petering, but it was you know investigators doing some things here and there and asking departments to like hand over their their files and we're gonna go through them. Um, but then Vivian Gordon said, "I'm a prostitute. I have information on Jimmy Walker, the mayor, that could put him in jail." And the Seabury Commission said. Judge Seabury said, you're going to testify. We're going to get you in sworn in. You're going to give us a statement. Before she could give the statement, she was found dead. So that's what ramped up the pro That's what ramped up the Seabury Commission. That's why they're going gung-ho. That's why investigators are everywhere and people are freaking out because someone died now. Mm. It's very clear that someone's trying to cover something up. And Seabury and the governor are now taking it really seriously, which means that a lot of people could lose their jobs. A lot of people be, could be going to jail. Um, yeah. And they're looking into the mayor, right? He's sort um, of at the top of this? Yes. The mayor is the person who they're all, everything's culminating to the mayor. They they, 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 they want to get everybody else. Um, it was a, it was a very big thing, the Seabury Commission. They were looking to take down like everybody at City Hall, but their main goal was Walker. So the thing with the prostitute, has that already happened? Yes. Yes. Um, that's what Greta was saying in the last episode. Um, the, prost the prostitute was found strangled to death in a park. So this stuff, this stuff is being in the newspaper probably every day. Yes. It's, it's a big deal. It's why people are protesting in the street right now. Because it's, it's clear that the Walker administration is, I wasn't kidding. It's, they're literally raping a city. I, 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 well, I, I'm not in, in the discussion, but I, I think you need to get that ledger into the hands of the, the judge, the lawyers, the that's 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 going to be Hawk's constant recommendation. So, um, so but that's what's that's what's going on. Like the Seabury Commission is a very real thing. Like the entire the entire upper uh, legions of City Hall could be going to jail for life, and we're talking about. Like the police commissioner, the mayor, the comptroller, the treasurer, like 
everybody that Mayor Walker has appointed or like handed bribes to or something like that, like anyone, like even lower people that they were involved, they, they're, they're going to get arrested. It's big, I tell you. It's, it's huge. It's the entire upheaval of, of New York government. All being led by one person, a team of lawyers, and then a team of state investigators, basically. Like Judge Seabury holds the entire city in his hand, and if he had, and as the papers, if you if you pick them up and read them, or if you go on Wikipedia and and, and you look through them, um, people were speculating like if there's an investigation, much much like today, um, if there's an investigation and it's been going on for so long and there's there's no evidence, you know, they should just say that he did nothing wrong. Like there's no evidence; it's taking too long, you know, but. It's speculated by the newspapers that they're building a very, very, very strong case, like foolproof. Like they can't get out of this. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Walker. He looks guilty. He looks like he used a car salesman. Did you look him up? I just looked his Wikipedia picture up. Yep. Jimmy Walker, Mayor Jimmy Walker. I, I, no, no, I had no idea about all of this stuff. I, I, only, I only knew Jimmy Walker as the um, CEO of Majestic Records. That's, yes, let's say, yes. Same Jimmy. he'd been the mayor. Same, yeah, Jimmy, same guy, yeah. Same guy. I only um, knew him as from the TV show Good Times. Yeah, no. I was hoping to find a picture of Fulton, <laughs> but I can't find one. No, George Fulton, no. Um, Fulton Mackay, then, but yes, Jimmy Walker is a very real person and he is a very real bad person. He's a bad guy. Like when I say that Jimmy Walker is using the police as his hit squad, he is using the cops as a hit squad. I know might. Um. All right. So um, we've got six minutes. So I want to... I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do it like I want to do it like this. Um, Felix, you're gonna call uh, Greta up, right? Yep. Okay. Um, so you go to a payphone and you have to pick up and dial her, and she goes. Uh, and she, uh, what was the goddamn newspaper she's in charge of? Oh, I thought for a moment you were gonna make me remember the, the New York uh, phone number. Is it the Herald? It's not the Herald. Is it Herald Tribune? Yeah, it's the Herald Tribune. She goes, uh, Herald Tribune. This is Greta. Hi, this is uh, this is Epstein. I've um, just been to City Hall to see your man Converse. And she she sounds giddy and she goes, "Have you? What, what, what did he, what did he say? What did he say?" Well. He said very little, but it's more what he didn't say. I mean, the man was scared out of his wits. So something has going on. Yeah, sounds to me like some someone's bumped off uh, Timothy, and and that guy Converse, believe me, he knows who did it. All right. Well, but he's too scared of them to say anything. Oh, well, uh, listen. Um, so we did find something. There's a fella he works with, Giles. Giles is the weak link, I think. What do you mean he's the weak link? I think if you put the moves on him, he'll 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 spill the beans. All right. Well, um, well, listen. Uh, uh, let's meet. Let's meet right now. I, I can I can meet you for lunch here. Uh, where are you? Are you at the municipality building? 
Um, we're, uh, I'm, I'm just, just up the block from there, yeah. Okay, uh, go north about four or five blocks and then uh, turn left. You're gonna see a diner on, on the corner. Uh, I'll be there in about 15 minutes. Just, just order, okay? Okay. All right, so you're gonna go to the diner? Yeah. Okay, let me prepare this. I wanna make sure that you have it and that everyone sees it. Okay. I'll go to the diner and I'll order um, some grits. You're uh, ordered grits. In New York City? I don't know. Well, I don't know, do I? I'm all right. I'll have um, uh, a bagel and a pretzel. No, you don't. And um, uh, a hot dog. Sort of hot dog. Some good old, some good old-fashioned New York fish and chips. No. Lashings of traditional Brooklyn HP sauce. I'm actually going to make this bigger. You were good all the way up to fish and chips. <laughs> pizza. Okay. Slice so. of pizza pie. Pizza pie. All righty. So nobody says the pie part. <laughs> all right. So um, you sit you down. You Martin order. does. When the moon hits the sky, like a big pizza pie, and that's what's playing on the on the jukebox. As you, I, it's probably not because probably that, isn't because it hasn't been recorded. Yeah, it hasn't been recorded yet. <laughs> yes, so. um, it's it, it it's it, it it is though. It came back from the past uh, or the future. So um, you're sitting there. You're, you've ordered all this stuff. Greta walks in. Um, she's not she like she, she you know dressed to the nines. Looks great. Um, is, but still, but now in the light, very young. Like, not like 18, but like, she is in her mid-20s. Um, and she sits down and she, and she leans forward and says, um, so, so you're saying that, that Giles is the weak link. Do you think that he knows what happened to... Uh, Giles is the weak link, apparently. Whoever's feeding them the, uh, the moolah. Um, wanted them to uh, rezone a huge area of the city. How huge? Like um, spreading from, um, uh, was it 186th to 143rd? No, it was like it was like a six block zone. It's like a six block zone. Which is still huge. Like lowering an entire district line. Giles was was concerned that um, it's going to mean that loads of houses would be uh, rezoned, that they wouldn't be um, compliant with the existing regulations. Houses would have to be demolished. People would have to do work on their houses. Um, I don't know who the hell's got that kind of muscle. Well, that's the whole. That's that's what we're all going towards. You know, no one, no one. And she kind of looks around. And she leans towards it. No one's really interested in what's going on at City Hall. City Hall is just like one, one little cell of, uh, 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 of corruption. It's the whole damn picture. And, and we're not even talking about, you know, Walker. We're talking about who the hell these people are. Mm. You know, who's the one funneling this money? You know, they're just as complicit in this as, as, as Walker is, if not more. They're the ones. Okay, well, uh, Kyle sounds really uh, unhappy with the situation. Well, listen. And uh, look, I—I I mean, you know, 
I'd advise you if you're if you're going to try and have words with him to do it quickly because after what happened to Tucker, wouldn't surprise me at all if Giles went missing pretty pretty soon. Okay, listen, well, something I, I said at, at the at the bar was, um, as I had something else, right? Um, now I, I went to the I, I went to the municipality building twice. First time, I, I asked a few too many questions that kicked me out. Second time, I didn't even get past the first floor. Okay. But you know what's on the first floor? Is the stairs to the basement. And that's where the mail room is. So I did a little uh, looking around. And she pulls out. Um, a small slip of paper and she pushes it towards you. She says, this was in an unmarked envelope. It was going up to city, the, 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 the city planner's office. And she shows you this. Can you see that? Not all of it. Hang on, I'll have to turn off the. Oh, hide the thumbnail videos. Can everyone else hear it or see it? Yes, yes. For those listening, it's just a bunch of letters. It looks some sort of code, probably. Either that or it's Norwegian. Daniel Glows, Fenton, Hongren, Lonson, Fenton, and TTT, Missing Rook. Oh, um, is it where that big volcano is? Yes, that is, that's, it's the, that's, that, that's that famous Icelandic volcano that everyone's raving about. Um, all right, I am going to, I know that I saw Tom writing it, but I'm going to send this to you guys uh, after the game. Huh. All right. Well, you need to send me everything after the game, because I got to put it all Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll send everything to you. Um, but she slips that to you and she says, no, I don't know what this is, but I think if you and, uh, you and, and clearly uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Fowler and me, if, we were, if we're on this, we can take this probably straight to the top. When we figure out who sent this, it was clearly meant for someone up there. We just got to figure out what it says and act on it. Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm a magician. I love a puzzle. All right. And we're going to end there. It's, yeah, I know, Tom. It says, my typewriter keys are stuck. <laughs> I, hate I hate everything about you. <laughs> All right. Our players included Mix One, Jeff Wilkins, Corey Heistead, Ken Trench, uh, and myself with Thomas McKean as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production. In order to create a richer listener experience, we provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. Uh, one of our patrons, Thomas Kokaida, uh, upped his contribution to a whopping $20 a month. Thank you so much, Thomas. And I'm sorry if I didn't pronounce your last name correctly. Thank, Thank you. you so Thank you, Thomas. 
If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows and punch the bell icon. Well, yeah, to get the updates. And leave us some comments. We love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.